0: Everyone. morning, everyone. This is a beautiful day of the Lord's day. It doesn't matter if it's sunny or it's rainy, and we need both. <laughs> you on the live stream, welcome. I hope where you are, it's sunny, but if not, you know, the Lord's in the rain, too. It's not just in the sunshine. We need both, and um, I just pray that you be blessed during the rest of this service, and um, we want to come into his presence. Um, I have a scripture to, to read, but let's pray first and Scripture share in lieu of uh, what we're going to be singing about soon. Father God, we thank you for this beautiful day you granted us. This is the day that you have made, and we rejoice in it. Lord, our rejoicing this moment comes sometimes in the midst of physical pain, it comes in the midst of turmoil in the home, it comes in the midst of financial lack. Some of us have dire circumstances. Those who are on the live stream may be looking at this stream in danger of their own lives doing this in secret. Father God, for all these things, in the midst of all these things, we praise you and we honor you and we thank you that you have kept us and appointed this moment before the foundation of the world. You appointed this moment that we should be before you in your presence together here in this building and in the live stream we thank you Lord for what you're going to say and do in the next few moments we ask you Father in the name of Jesus that you would cleanse us and forgive us for anything that we have said anything we have done anything we had even thought that was not of you since the last time we got together and we want to lay our hearts bare and open to you Speak to us, have your way within us so that we can reflect you and that this not just be a regular Sunday service that we got into a good habit of attending or viewing on stream, but that we will encounter the living God this morning in the name of Jesus. Amen. Revelation 21. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Hallelujah. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying, There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on his throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. Years ago, after 9-11, I took it upon myself to read the Quran, just to understand what's in it, and say, why, why did this stuff happen? God is very prevalent, obviously, but he's not with his people. Heaven is not God with his people. It's a place where, you know, where is God in heaven, in the Islamic reading, their version of heaven? Every earthly pleasure that was denied them here, you get in heaven. You could drink without getting drunk. You get the virgins and whatever else. But God is not with them. Hallelujah. God is pleased to dwell with us. Thank you, God. And we're not worthy of it. Thank you so much. And we're looking forward to that day coming. It's coming.
1: Come, I want to be ready. Você será... to be ready for the kingdom come. I want to be ready, ready for the sun. Jesus said I prepare is
0: so come Lord Jesus
1: Amen When peace like a B- assurance control My face shall be sighed. The clouds be rolled back as a storm.
0: Praise you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We honor your name, Lord Jesus. Something we'll be doing for all eternity. Hallelujah. Have time to talk to Moses and say, How was it with the manna? (laughs) Talk to David. Show me that new chord you're playing. But Lord, when I see you, I'll be praise and adoration. Glory and honor. Hallelujah. You are worthy of all our glory. Blessed be your name, Lord Jesus.
1: Sometimes, hallelujah, sometimes praise the Lord, sometimes gently sing our hearts in one accord. Sometimes hallelujah, sometimes praise the Lord, sometimes gently singing, our hearts in one accord, singing our Hallelujah! Ah, hallelujah! Praise You, Jesus! Ah, hallelujah! Oh. See? Mystery behind the veil, Lord over heaven and earth, God of Israel, Come with your wisdom and power, clothe in your honor and strength. I will see your glory fill the sky. Adonai, Adonai, every knee will bow to you, Lord, most high. Jerusalem waits, praises are lifted on high, hear the beautiful gates, long to see you arise, when all of Zion sings, Baruch ha-ba-bashem. Adonai, every knee will bow to you, Lord, most high. Adonai, Adonai, you alone are God. Every tongue will cry, Adonai, Adonai, every knee will bow to you, Lord. please stand you are Lord over all the earth you are Lord
0: God bless y'all. I just love my faithful brothers and sisters who who worship with me. God bless you, Debbie, Jack and Kayla. God bless y'all for being so faithful. Thank you. And anointed too. Praise God. (laughs) Right. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 4. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. You may be seated and we can dismiss our children. sorry like I said we we're not Catholic but we have we have uh liturgy. We ha- we we have liturgy. We stand up at a certain time read the things announced but anyway we have a guest speaker today Pastor Greg is in Alabama roll tide uh <laughs> I shouldn't say that here that might be a cuss word down here. Uh <laughs> we have a guest speaker brother John uh he's gonna uh, break down the word for us we thank him for being faithful and stepping but I played uh guitar with him at uh, Grady's uh, house, house Blessing. He can, The brother can play, let me tell you. It makes me feel like a child around us. <laughs> so brother, if you just come up and uh, thank you for being so faithful and, and be willing to do bless us with the word of God. All right.
2: Well, good morning again. It's a, uh, it's good to be with you this morning, and and uh, honestly, Johnny, uh, I would I would gladly trade places. I would rather be playing guitar. So, uh, it's an honor to to be asked to come and speak to you this morning. I'll have to admit, it's it's been quite a while since I've stood before a congregation and preached, uh, but I'm no stranger to it. A uh, little bit of background on on Rosemary and myself. We we did pastor for about six years. Uh, as a Southern Baptist pastor and our churches were well you would be a big church <laughs> we started out with a church of about 20 and I think that the largest church we pastored had maybe 45 or 50 people in it so but uh, it was always an honor to, to stand in front of people and, and bring the word of God to them um, and I'll be honest with you the the topic I picked this morning is called genuine worship uh, and it's just a, a scratch on the on the edge of what worship really is y'all I worship very well this morning in music. We're going to worship in the Word now. But uh, I pick my topics uh, on subjects that I struggle with that I I find difficult sometimes. And and it's because of sometimes the pressures of life, you know, just the things that pull at us each and every day. There are a lot of challenges that we face when we're not sitting in this congregation as a body of believers Uh, we have. Uh, families to feed, we have uh, houses to support. You know, we have just the pressures of life in general, and they can detract from our ability to worship God. But this morning, I hope what you get out of the message is an encouragement that worship is not only uh, for Sunday morning at 10 o'clock or 10:30, and, and over at noon. Uh, it's for every day and for every hour of the day. We can find a chance and a place to worship our lord and savior so if you have your bibles i'm going to be preaching uh using the niv text i did not realize you all use the the new uh new king james text or i would have gladly written the, the sermon in that but uh, i did prepare it in niv uh, if you want to follow along or you can write down the scripture references they are very similar uh, we are going to be in john chapter four uh, looking at verses 23 and 24 as our focal passage for this morning when I sat down to outline a sermon or to prepare a message for a congregation, I have what's called a proposition statement. You know, my philosophy is if I can't sum the message up in, in one sentence, then I haven't done a very good job of, of thinking through the message. And I've summed our message up this morning with this sentence. For worship to be genuine, one must worship from our inmost being with our utmost desire. Father, I thank you for this word this morning. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for the chance just to to speak this morning. Be with us. uh, Let them see you this morning, Father, not me. Let this time honor you. John chapter 4, verses 23 and 24 in the NIV reads this way. Yet a time is coming, and now has come, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and truth. Mm-hmm. If you remember from your Bible studies, or if you've been you know, studying scripture for very long, you probably remember John chapter 4 is, is the account of Jesus' trip through Samaria, where he told his disciples that he had to go through Samaria to get back up to his place hometown uh, because he had an appointment there now Samaritans were people that that uh, the Jews did not associate with during that time they were the Samaritans were considered outcasts they were considered unclean they were they were considered people that that we would not find ourselves associating with but Jesus said he must go through Samaria he had to meet this woman because at the well we find out several things One of them is what worship truly is Jesus mentioned two things In this passage, these two verses He said we will worship in spirit And in truth So let's take that Break that down just a little bit What's it mean to worship in spirit? What's that look like? You notice it's, it's not in the Holy Spirit It's in spirit it's not with just our mouths or our bodies. You know, as, as much as uh, my, my Sunday mornings, I'll be honest with you folks, my Sunday mornings is playing guitar at Liberty Square. So I would be Jack. I would gladly have traded a place with you this morning, or Johnny. You know, I, I love playing both uh, acoustic rhythm and, and uh, electric lead guitar. But uh, worship is far more than that. You know, worship is far more than what we can do physically in our bodies. It's in spirit. We look through the Old Testament, we find that their worship was very physical. It was a lot of sacrifices, a lot of, uh, a lot of, basically what we would call chores. Uh, Johnny alluded to y'all not being Catholic. That's that's fine, but you know, it, it's similar to the the dogma, if you will, or the rituals that we go through every day. You know, we need to to go beyond that. It's not just the, the sacrificial systems at the time of the Gospels when Jesus was bringing this message to the woman in Samaria that system was still in full force sacrifices were still being made at the temple it was still uh, a very common I mean as a matter of fact that, that was their worship was to bring something to the Lord uh, an animal or money or you know a, a product but jesus is, is trying to educate or he's wanting to educate people while he's here that it's far more than that it transcends what we can physically do so as we talk about worshiping spirit what's that look like how do we how do we get there what are some ways henry blackaby in the late 90s uh if you all took his study henry blackaby uh in uh worship the believers uh experiencing God gives us some insights and I'll, these insights are from his study so I'll, I'm going to give him credit for them uh, the first begins with the fact that as Christians we are born of spirit aren't we it's not a you know born of spirit and water right uh John chapter 3 verses 1 through 7 we're given this reminder now there was a man of, of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How can a man be born again when he is old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. John chapter three, verses one through seven. So the first step In effective worship is that we must, we must be born again. This means we have established a relationship with our Savior by first recognizing him as real, accepting him as sufficient to cover our sins, past, present, and future, and finally following him as Lord of our life. Without being born again, we cannot know him or we, I'm sorry, we can't know him without being born again. We can know about him, think about him, listen to stories, and even sit under a good preacher and hear all about Jesus, but we won't know him. Being born again means we have established a relationship with the Savior of our souls. This relationship allows us to be to experience Jesus in ways we have never experienced him before, and we can feel his presence, know his love, and have a desire to learn more about him through his word. Folks, that's the crucial initial step. Too many times we want to skip that step. We want to go right into just the feel-good part of a fellowship of believers. Trust me, everybody wants to belong something everybody has that that within them that need to belong churches are are no different they are no different and in the body of a church you can belong you can belong you can come you can be accepted you can be accepted you can sit you can partake of all all the activities and everything but you can miss the most important thing sometimes that is that relationship with jesus christ that needs to be settled and established in you to become a worshiper of God. The second step that Blackaby points out to effective worship is to recognize the Holy Spirit's working in our life and yielding to him for it is a spirit who sparks our worship and makes God alive in us. John 16 verses 13 through 14 read as follows but when he the spirit of truth comes he will guide you into all truth he will not speak on his own he will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come he will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you in all new things in all new things in life one of the things that we desire the most is guidance Think about it as you were growing up, you know, learning to, to read and write. You needed guidance, didn't you? When you learned to drive, you needed guidance. Some people, I think, still need a little bit of guidance on that one, you know, but they're, they're getting there. But when you become a Christian, it's no different. It's no different. We need guidance. People can come to know the Lord and miss the guidance altogether. We need that guidance of the Holy Spirit. We need the discipleship of the of the church the opportunities to gather in his name and to learn to read his word to hear how he is working in other people's lives as well as our own to to be able to start discerning how the spirit is speaking to us how to know when to move in the spirit how to know when to 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 wait on the presence of god the holy spirit is jesus's gift to the world, to guide them and to lead them into a deeper relationship with the Creator of all things. That's why He's come. He wants you to know the Lord. He wants you to know God. God's not a mystery. Uh, interesting, Johnny, that you uh, that you uh, read the Quran after nine eleven. Uh, probably one of the last books I would have read after nine eleven, but. But you sought out what what would drive someone to do such a thing, you know And you found out that their God was a distant God that even when they get home to heaven. He's not there He's not there. But but for you and I as believers in Jesus Christ, what is our hope? our hope is not only in eternity to spend a an eternity with our Savior worshiping him and and accomplishing the things that He has desired or set us apart to accomplish. But as we go through each day of this life, until we do see Him in eternity, we can still experience Him through the Holy Spirit. We can still experience that presence. We can experience the the, the joy. We can experience the heaviness. We can experience the whole realm of what God has for us if we learn how to listen to Him. If we learn how to be obedient And follow his basic instruction Let me go back to the guidance part You know when When you were learning Initial tasks You know like learning uh, I'll I'll go back and talk about math You know You wouldn't start a child with calculus Or differential equations You start a child with With their addition and subtraction Multiplication and division Work them into algebra And then maybe trigonometry And then then maybe calculus. He, there, but there are steps along the way. It's ordered. Do you think God's any different? No, he's very ordered. God is not the author of confusion. Says that in, in Corinthians. He's not the author of confusion. He wants us to know him. But he's going to reveal himself and he's going to reveal how how he communicates with you in a very ordered way. And it'll start out very simple. It'll start out very simple listening for him and responding. And as you respond, you improve your ability to hear. That's why I call this genuine worship because sometimes we we either don't improve that ability to hear or even develop it. And we go through our Christian walk really kind of wondering, are we on track? Are we doing what the Lord wants us to do? Are we in the right place? at the right time has he really asked me to do something step number three is to respond to the Holy Spirit's conviction and and correction this is a process the church calls sanctification Psalm 66 verse 18 says if I had cherished sin in my heart the Lord would not have listened the Lord doesn't have to listen to us. He, he, you know, he doesn't, he, he's not beholden to us. He's He's not, he does not have to respond. If we're going to cherish something that is against him within our hearts, then I believe he's like a good parent. He will wait until we decide to relinquish that. I personally don't believe God ever leaves us or forsakes us i don't believe he ever abandons us for any reason whatsoever once we become a believer and i believe even those people that aren't believers he will not abandon them he will give them every single opportunity to come to know him until the day he brings them home (laughs) there will be no excuses standing in, in front of his throne no excuses of why you did not become a christian no excuses of why you did what you did god will give you those opportunities to to turn around and to follow him sin is ever present in this life yes even in the lives of believers sin is present being saved does not isolate us from the temptations of this life but we have a hope we have a hope that is forgiveness in Christ I really appreciated the men's prayer time this morning Church, you've got, you've got men that pray in this church, and you are blessed. You are blessed. Do not, do not underestimate the power of, of that, that, that time, of those men. It says, Woe to those who draw sin along with cords of deceit and wickedness as a cart with ropes. Isaiah said this in chapter 5, verse 18. said, so do you get the visual picture of that? Uh, that, that passage? No responsible Lord is is the image of dragging your sin around like a loaded cart and you're the horse. (laughs) It's a burden. just called dragging around with you. But Jesus said, you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. That's why you went to the cross. No help and a heavy burden to tote. Is there help? Well, consider this. This is out of Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. It says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. First of all, in Christ, yes, you can find rest. Where Satan, the enemy, will attempt to harass you and keep you from finding peace in Christ, you will find that peace. You will find it. Let me illustrate. Some of you have been born again for a while now. You've been saved for a while. But do you remember when you got saved? What was it like? Was it a time where you just kind of felt lighter than normal? You just felt felt maybe the pressure relieved? when you accept Jesus that maybe life had a, a different look it's not the feeling it's, it's not the feeling that you had that makes the difference that feeling is a confirmation of the presence of the Lord and just because you had it then doesn't mean you still can't have it now That's <laughs> not a one time thing now, I'm not going to say we're gonna, all going to run around, you know, being, you know, happy and joyful and, and weighing, you know, 50 pounds lighter. But, uh, but we can. Uh, we can know that there is relief. There is relief. We are sinful people. I mean, that's just, that's just the way it is, folks, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but it doesn't mean we have to drag it around like a cart and wear the horse. Christ had his burdens lie. Take it to him. A friend of mine used to always say, keep short accounts with the Lord. Keep short accounts. If the con- Spirit is convicting you of something, and that's what this third step is, listening to this conviction of the Spirit, if you feel the Holy Spirit tugging at your heart and saying, you know what, that wasn't right. You know, you, you need to set things right. Don't wait. Go do it. Go do it. Seek out whatever it is. You know, If it's a person that's been offended, take care of the offense. If it's something you've done, you know, ask forgiveness. If there's a way to make restitution, make restitution. Don't wait. Don't carry that. You're not supposed to. You don't have to anymore. You don't have to. This is the sanctification process of you, the saints of the Lord. God is continually, continually working on us to bring us closer to Him. And the closer to Him we get, the closer to His glory we get. And the closer to the glory we get, the more it illuminates the center in our life. And the more opportunities we have to, to lay those things down. I always compare the life of a Christian as, as to that of an onion. That every time you peel off a layer, guess what's still there? Another layer. <laughs> Just keep peeling them off. And onions stink, folks. <laughs> but I think the greatest thing is, is that we can we can grow closer to him. There's no reason to carry this around. All right, so the fourth point in Blackaby's study is that our focus will be on God alone through the blood of Jesus Christ and in the power of the Holy Spirit. The subject of our worship will be him. He will be the center of our psalms. Thank you, Johnny, for your songs. I, I noticed you wrote one of these songs this morning. Thank you for that. He's the center of our songs. He's the center of our teaching. He will be the center of how we act and react to the impact life has on us every day. My sister used to always tell me, she said, you know, life is kind of like a bucket that's completely full and people really don't know what's in your bucket until somebody kicks it. (laughs) And whatever spills out, then the world knows, well, we know what's in his bucket, you know. If Christ is in the center, he's the subject of our our worship, you know, he's going to be how we react when our bucket gets kicked. You know, sometimes it's not good, but that's okay. There's opportunities to fix that, too. So, he's not only the subject of our worship to be with him, he's the object of our worship. Our spiritual eyes will seek him. He is the reason we gather together. You're not here this morning to, to just be to hear someone speak. You're here because you love the Lord. Or you're looking for the Lord this morning. You're here because God has brought you here. His glory is what we seek to enhance the world that cannot or will not take time to see Him. There's an old saying that the only Bible some people Will ever see is a good Christian. It's you. It's you. When I was 35 years old, well, Rosemary and I had been married for eight years. I guess I got married when I was 27. I, I made her wait, you know, I didn't know she was ready, you know, so <laughs> I made her wait three years. But she said, was it three? Close to four. Close to four. <laughs> who's counting right yeah thank you <laughs> uh, i was 35 years old and, and there's a young man i worked with over in st we lived in the st louis area he noticed when i would come in in the morning i would be worsh- or be whistling the last song that was on kc real rock radio i imagine Atlanta has a similar radio station uh but kc played you know the zz top you know aerosmith you know i mean i'm a child of the 70s you know, i graduated 74 you know so you play something out of the 70s and early 80s, I'm right there with you. After that, I have no idea. I quit listening to the music after that. Uh, actually, it quit being music, I think. But, <laughs> hey, that's just me. That's my taste. Uh, but he noticed that I was whistling, the, you know, the, the latest ZZ Top song or something that was out and everything. And he asked, he, he said, uh, you ever heard of a guy called Randy Stonehill? I said, nope. He said, oh, he's a Christian artist. He said, I want you to listen to one of his songs. I said, well, that's going to be boring. He goes, ah, just take it home and listen to it. It was a cassette. Now, I am really dating myself now. <laughs> <laughs> it was a cassette. It was uh, Randy Stonehill. Um, I, okay, I'll take it home. And I had a cassette player in the car. So he had it queued up to that particular song. It was called Shut the Door, Keep Out the Devil. He said, you're going to like it. He said, it's, it's a fun song. It's a fun song. Well, I listened to it. It was pretty good. I thought, well, you know, for a bunch of Christian guys, you know, that, that doesn't sound too bad, you know. So I thought, well, I'll listen to a few more of Randy's songs. Well, I wound up listening to the whole tape, and I thought, well, that's pretty cool. You know, I, I never really would have would have thought that. You know, I wasn't a believer at the time. I'll, I'll tell you that much, folks. Right now, uh, Rosemary and I were both raised in. Uh, I was raised in Catholicism, and and she was raised in kind of a mixture of Catholicism and. Yeah. <laughs> But mostly what, what I would call high church, you know, wear the vestments, light the candles, you know, marble floors. And, uh, but at that time in our life, we were not following the Lord. We had no desire. either one. We had lives. We were trying to get things settled. You know, our marriage was, you know, eight years in, you know, and, and trying to get things going. And uh, becoming a Christian was probably the last thing on my mind. This Randy Stonehill tape kind of got under my skin. And then Randy came to town. So Joe, my friend, he said, uh, him and his wife said, uh, would you all like to join us at a Randy Stonehill concert? And I thought, well, this ought to be fun. I haven't been to a rock concert in a long time. Well, it was a Christian rock concert, and uh, it was good. Well, long story short, folks, music is what brought me to the Lord. Joe studied his Sunday school on break time, and he shared when when I would ask questions, he'd share. He didn't argue with me, but but he would point out things. I think he was studying the Book of Ephesians, of all things. And he shared and shared music. We went to a concert. I think we wound up going to Six Flags. You know, to uh, they had a Christian weekend concert series, and saw some of the old. Well, they're old artists now. They were new then, um, but Jesus started becoming real to me. Jesus was, or Joe was the Bible that I saw. I didn't, I didn't see the written word, not until after I became a Christian. But I accepted Christ. I accepted Christ. And he gave me a desire for his word, a desire to seek him out and to read. I had a pocket New Testament that went with me everywhere, even into the bathroom. And even Joe said, do you take that in the bathroom? I said, well, the best place to read. Nobody bothers you, <laughs> you know. I read front to back the the, old, the New Testament and then I delved into the Old Testament and I, I really needed help on that, especially when I got to like Numbers, you know, on Leviticus, you know. Uh, but but I had a, a desire to know more and to know more. We spent the first year of our Christian walk in a, an E&R church up in Illinois and, and went to the pastor and asked him about about study for adults. And he uh, he said that, well, once kids get confirmed, they they quit studying the Bible. said, so we don't have an adult Bible study. Thank the Lord they have changed that. But uh, at that time, it wasn't available for us. So we started going to an Assembly of God church. Mm -hmm. And it was a church very similar to this. Uh, I think on Sunday they had 20 people. It was crowded. Mm -hmm. Um, But they had a Thursday night Bible study, and there were times it was just the pastor and his wife and rosemary and i in that bible study i tell people that was our three years in arabia <laughs> because we got they poured into us the word of god it's kept giving us the word of god and they they built a foundation that that uh that i am so thankful for at this point in our life we went on in in our walk uh we eventually wound up in a baptist church um it was there I, I surrendered to the Lord to, to ministry uh, we became pastors at small churches for about six years and then after that, uh, during that time I worked on my master's degree I, I finished a master's in Christian counseling and biblical counseling actually and and I found that that was really my true love pulpit ministry is, is a definite calling I, I'm not sure I'm called to pulpit ministry but, but I love to counsel I love to talk with people and Rosemary and I uh, did that for quite a, quite a few years in Illinois we move down here so that's basically my testimony folks how the Lord has has grown us and he gives us opportunities uh, to continue to to express that but he is the subject and the object of our worship so now although we worship in spirit what about truth we live in a, a day and age where truth is very well I call it a day of pragmatism truth is whatever you want these days <laughs> I mean think about it as you you look at how the world the world has changed things and how they, they, they just want to change definitions of things they, they want to eliminate history history is too much of a reminder of who we are so let's just get rid of it you know let's just let's create a brand new history well, Folks, you know, there's an old saying that if you know, those that neglect history are doomed to repeat it. You know? so, but we worship in truth also. So truth has to have a foundation. Truth has to be, has to be something that's solid that we can, we can rest upon. Well, God's revelation to us is his word. It's his word. In his word, we find reliability and faithfulness, but not to any external standard. God's word interprets God's word. You want the interpretation of what God meant in His what God meant in His word? Read His word. <laughs> I mean, it interprets itself. You know, history has proven over and over again the truthfulness of God's word, the the reliability of it. You know, the history that that the archaeologists are uncovering. You know, in the last you know fifty to hundred years, have done nothing but prove what the word has already said. God has recorded it to us. You know, God's word and law are not true in the sense they're in accord with science, uh, human nature, or some abstract ethical principle. But you know, because science is based only on what we can know for certain, and what we can define, and what we can prove in a physical sense, but there are constraints in science, as far as we can prove. Uh, and there is also theories those things that we wish to explain but cannot definitely do so gravity is a constant at least here on earth it is i please do not test gravity <laughs> you know i have found that it has never failed <laughs> you know so um, but the the theory of evolution is just that it's a theory you know and human nature human nature is by nature faulty as believers, if you believe in the birth of sin in the world uh, or in the soul of mankind began in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve, then you understand that at a point in time, corruption entered the world. And corruption does not follow a path towards getting less corrupt, but rather it follows a path of becoming more corrupt. Absolutely right. The further we are from the fall of mankind in the Garden, the more corrupt we become. You know, there's even a scientific uh, theory about that, or a scientific, I'm going to call it theory, entropy. You ever hear of entropy? Is that a, a word that, yeah. That's the, uh, it's kind of a chaos theory, actually. It's, as things continue to, to grow older and older, they, they become less and less organized and, until they finally become so disorganized that they no longer function. Um, that is a scientific uh, theory itself. You know, consider ethical principles, too. You know, these vary depending on uh, the basis on which they were founded. Culture, economic conditions, language, color, skin, balance of power, and is are but some factors, uh, determining the ethics of the day. The law of the Old Testament reveals only the facts that we are sinful and provides a way to cover that sin. But, you know, think fig leaves, you know, uh, being sown together by Adam and Eve to hide their shame and nakedness. However, where the law falls short, the revelation of truth is found in Jesus Christ himself. Romans 15, verses 8 and 9 says, For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of God's truth to confirm the promises made to the patriarchs so that the Gentiles may glorify God for his mercy as it is written. Therefore, I will praise you among the Gentiles. I will sing hymns to your name. Worshiping in truth means a reading of God's word is necessary. Read to focus on what God wants us to hear. Reading focuses us on what God wants us to hear. Nehemiah verses eight, five, chapter 8 verses 5 and 6 says Ezra opened the book and all the people could see him because he was standing above them. As he opened it, the people all stood up. Ezra praised the Lord and great God and all the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen, Amen. And they bowed down and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground focused on what God wants us to hear. Reading brings understanding to who we worship. Nehemiah goes on in verses 8 and 9 of chapter 8. They read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving meaning so that the people could understand what was being read. Then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who were instructing the people said to them all, This day is sacred to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people had been weeping as they listened to the word of the law. Law. And reading helps us celebrate and be thankful to God. Still in Nehemiah 8, verse 18. Day after day, from the first day to the last, as were read from the book of the law of God. They celebrated the feast for seven days, and on the eighth day, in accordance with regulation, there was an assembly. Folks, if we're not in the Word, if we're not reading the Word, then we're missing—we're missing a vital aspect of our Christian walk. Reading ought to be daily. A little bit. I mean, you, you don't take on—you know—a whole bunch. Go as the Spirit leads you. Read. Look for things in the Word. Ask the Father to reveal the Word to you as you read. Before you even sit down and open it up, get that cup of coffee or whatever. Sit down, with your Bible. Ask the Lord, God. You know. Show me something today. Just speak to my heart. You know, let let this word become real in my life. Let it become something that, that will help me grow and know you more, represent you better as a Christian. Help me worship you through this. And you'll be surprised how he can, even in Leviticus. <laughs> so, so. worshiping the truth means individual worshipers study God's words. This is what I've been saying. Worship grows in the fertile soil of the heart that is focused on godly ways. Consider Psalm 119, verses 9 through 16. How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that have come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes, as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts. I consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your words. (coughs) Worship involves learning the truth on our own and who it is we are worshiping. We have enjoyed many Tuesday nights (coughs) with Pastor Grady and Jennifer and and several others opening God's Word and going through the book of Acts, and uh, we're just about ready to finish that. And I think we're going to start 1 John, if any of you are interested in a Tuesday night Bible study. Um, But it's far more than just Tuesday nights or Sunday mornings. It's good. It is good to open God's Word with other people. But it's good, too, to open it on your own. God has a message for you. Grady may not always be able to bring it, or your teacher may not always be able to bring it, but God is always, always able to bring it to you. If you seek him out, just like a parent, he's there to come to you. When you were parenting, or even as a child, if if you called for your parents, and they heard your voice, you could be in a crowded room, they would find you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I almost guarantee you, if you have children, you know the sound of their voice. Mm -hmm. Over the sound of 20 other kids yelling and screaming, you'll hear that one voice. Our Father's the same way, Father's the same way. He hears your voice, you're not a stranger to him. He wants you to call to him. He wants you to ask him those questions. Because he wants to show you too. Teach me, O Lord, to follow your decrees, then I will keep them to the end. Give me understanding, and I will keep your law and obey it with all my heart. Direct me in the path of your commands, for there I f- find delight. Turn my heart towards your statutes and not towards selfish gain. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. Fulfill your promises, your fulfill your promise to your servant, so that you may be feared. Take away the disgrace I dread, for your laws are good. For how long? How I long for your precepts! Preserve my life in your righteousness. Psalm 119, verses 33 through 40. Yet a time is coming and and has now come when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and truth. Genuine worship can be elusive sometimes. We can let we can let life's pressures or disappointments take that away from us. We can find ourselves existing but not worshiping. We can find ourselves in the midst of God's people but alone. And you don't have to be. I say all this because I felt all that. I felt all that, you know, after you've been a Christian for a while, I kind of look at it, it, it like the um, when you're a baby, you know how we hold our, hold their hands to help them walk. Or they're, you know, if they stumble, you know, we pick them right back up or we put our hands underneath their, you know, their, in their armpits, you know, to guide them along, you know. I think when we're a young Christian, I, I believe that God does that with us because we do stumble a lot as young Christians. We get over zealous and try to go too far, or speak too much. Um, and God has to pick us back up and get us back on the path. But after we've grown for a while, after we've become grounded in his word, after we become, I hate to say the word comfortable, but, but we become familiar with with the word of God, there are times that, that we find ourselves feeling like uh, we're on our own. <laughs> you know? It's kind of like, like God has uh, stepped away for a little bit. And I worried about that for a while because I worried, worried if there's something in my life that, that needed to change. You know, wh- what is it, Lord? You know, I'm, I'm trying to do all these things. And it's almost like God was saying, you know, you don't need to do all those things. I just want you to love me. I just want you to, to just love me. Just relax. I'll, I'll let you know what you need to do. I'll show you what, what you can do and what what I really don't want you to do. And He's He very definitely can do that. He very definitely can do that. God will take the props out from underneath us at some point because he wants us to walk on our own. He wants us to to worship him in spirit and in truth and because we want to do it Mm -hmm. because it comes from in here. Yeah, it comes from a heart that's, that's hurt or disappointed or scared. I talk about listening for the Holy Spirit. I'll share one more story with you. We still have a few minutes. I'll, I'll get you out of here before the Baptist today. But uh, in 2012, I was in the hospital for the second time with sepsis. I, I had it six years prior to that in 2006, which was really kind of frightening because that's something that I, I guess once you once you have that, you'll, you're very prone to getting it again. Um, but. We've come to, Rosemary and I have come to realize that that when God wants to speak to me, he's got to put me in the hospital <laughs> because otherwise I don't slow down enough. You know, I've, I've constantly, you know, i got a song to learn. I've got this to do. I've got, you know, I've got to go here, go there, you know, get this done. God's like, well, just wait a minute. I'm going to give you a week in the hospital so I can talk to you just a little bit. And uh, it was during that time I, I told Rosemary, I said, do you know what? I really feel like the Lord is telling us it's time to move to Atlanta. Our daughter, in Ackworth, we have two beautiful grandchildren who we get to see, what, twice a year? <laughs> no, I don't, the kids are busy, you know. <laughs> we see them more than that, just kidding, folks. But it was 2012, so, you know, there was 25 million people out of work, the economy was in the tank, you know, and, and here I am, 55 years old, thinking of moving to Atlanta, Georgia. And at first I, I, I felt like uh, Abram's wife. I kind of laughed. I was like, you're kidding, right? <laughs> yeah. He's like, try me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I told Rosemary, and she goes, let's do it. Let's go. That was in March, 26th of May. We were here. That was not only exciting, it was extremely frightening, too. I I think that was one of the hardest times of my life. It really was, Uh, making that adjustment. Uh, Coming down here, uh... The job moved us down here. There was no problem. Uh, but then it turns out the job was basically 24-7. You know, it was working for a uh, Honda subsidiary uh, doing sheet metal parts for the plant over in Alabama. And uh, I was the, basically the director of quality. And <coughs> I told Rosemary, I said, I didn't move to Atlanta to become a prisoner of my job. So I said, I got to find something else. But um, I went through probably a month or two where, man, I couldn't eat. I lost 25 pounds. Uh, I was just just sick. I was just like, I don't know what to do. And thank God he gave me a, a strong Christian wife, mm-hmm. you know, who who took care of the house, <laughs> kept me afloat, kept me from going absolutely insane. God made a way. He knew that I would not come down here for the job He had for me. The job that He really had for me was with a small shop down in Kennesaw, Georgia. It was an aerospace shop that was basically a lateral move from what what I had up in Illinois. I'm still a manager, um, and it was probably the best job I ever had. It was great. but I wouldn't have moved to Georgia for it, I can tell you that much. I would not, but God made a way. And it's just so amazing to look back and see how he, every single step of the way, whether I wanted to go or not, he's like, okay, this is the next step. We're going. This is it. We're going. You know, he gives you the encouragement, you know, and then, and then sometimes he'll back off a little bit and say, "Okay, okay, now what you're gonna do here?" You know, but I give him the praise and glory for it because he has given us a season of our life that that has it's, it's it just gets better. I can tell you that much, folks. It's better than than all the years before. And I tell you, trust me, we've had some very, very good memories. But it is a joy to serve a living God and to worship Him in spirit, and in truth. And I hope this morning that you hear that and that you practice it, that you love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Give him the glory for for whatever it is he's taking you through because if it's a trial, that's fine because he's making you strong because he's got something that's tough coming up and he needs you to be just a little bit tougher than what you are right now. If it's a time of joy, rejoice. Rejoice. Share that joy. But most of all, give him the glory for all things. Heavenly Father.